We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hours away from the final four, we come to you live on the field of 68 from the Bayou Music Center as our final four shows continue. I'm John Fanta. He is Terrence Oglesby. He's Randolph Childerson. He is Rob Doster. Over the next two hours, we'll be talking all things college hoops. If you're in the YouTube chat, feel free to send us a question tonight. Producer Dagan Hughes is around, and let's jump right in, fellas. I have a big question to start the show tonight. RC, what time did you get here today? <laughs> I wasn't here all day, so I don't know. I, I got here about 7.45. Well, that was on time then. That's what I said I earlier had dinner today, with the too. Wife. Hey, listen, well, let me be clear. I had dinner with my wife. I'm unapologetic about that. Are you, wait a minute. And we went to Papado's. You oh. were there? It was really good. Well, pointed, Where'd you go? I pointed out to you. Really the, one, the one I pointed out to you? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, where, where'd you go? Papado's. It's a Cajun, it's a Cajun that restaurant. That sounds good. It is now, very actually, good. Actually, I'm going to give it back to him. Why the hell did you have me ask that question? He was here at 7.45. What was because call? he had to come and get me. Hey, what was call time? 7.30. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, no, I, listen, I'm wrong. He said 7.30. Well, you're the main act. No, you're not. You're no, not. No, you're no, not. no. Hey, you're, you're... But my boss... I had to take the boss to dinner, and I'm I'm unapologetic about that. I'm sorry. RC, that's what I was gonna say. You might. If you, you want to call my wife and rip her, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm yeah, not gonna rip your wife. Let me know wife. how that turns Yeah, how's yeah, that go for you? Yeah, good luck for you. All right, let's jump right in here. So, Jeff Goodman and I were over at NRG Stadium earlier today while you guys were talking with Andrea Hurley, who has been the star of social. Media everywhere today. She's trending an on Twitter. Factory. She was an electric. She what was, was amazing. What was takeaway from your conversation with her? Uh, we need more Andrea Hurley. <laughs> she can have her own show. She can replace Jeff Goodman. We don't need him anymore. I learned that Dan is not the toughest person in his house. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Like me. Yeah. I don't feel bad. I, I'm, the, I'm in the same boat there, too. Hey, <laughs> behind every strong man is a stronger woman. The, the amazing thing is, is that I don't Did you hear our segment from NRG Stadium? And did you hear what Goodman proposed? Goodman proposed that Doster could be replaced by Andrea Hurley, and now Doster's proposing that Goodman get replaced by Andrea Hurley. Yeah, Easily. But, but Goodman, Goodman might know some coaches in the, in the words of one day Portnoy, but Goodman can't get the electric factories on the show. <laughs> he can't do it. He doesn't have talent like that. All right, let, let's jump right in. So I got a story for you guys, and, and from the players, I want to hear your perspective on that. So okay. today Matt Bradley gets up to the podium for San Diego State. State. All right, for the 31 and 6 Aztecs, who frankly, I think they're kind of, I still think they're getting disrespected heading into this weekend. They belong here. 
Bradley plays three years at California. Plays three years at Cal. He then transfers to San Diego State. He's in his fifth year of college basketball. He's 23 years old. Today he goes, you know, in my first three years at Cal, I thought I could just bully people in the Pac-12. He goes, I could just, I could play bully ball. I could go into practice. I could push people around. He goes, Cal's record this year. So yeah, not good. Not good. He goes, I get to San Diego State. He goes, I'm getting in fights with guys at practice. We were getting in fights. That's our culture. He's like, then you get out of a practice in, in our uniforms. He goes, you go play a game. He goes, we play harder knowing that we're never going to see that team again because we could beat them, and then we don't have to worry about if we get into a battle or a fight. But that struck me. A guy who originally committed to a Pac-12 school, albeit a bad one, he gets to San Diego State, and he's like, whoa, whoa, this, this ain't Cal. This ain't even the Pac-12. This is San Diego State, and this is how we're going to do things here. That's a credit to the culture that's there now. It's a bunch of veteran guys. That's an experienced team, probably the most experienced team in the Final Four. Can they, in your mind, do you believe Monday night, in your head, San Diego State can hoist a national championship trophy? Yes. I think the great thing about this tournament is, honestly, any four of these teams can honestly win the tournament. I really believe that. Is it as clear-cut as UConn-Miami top two in odds in your mind, or do you think San Diego State's actually got the second-best shot? I would say they have the second-best shot because they're the favorite to win a game. Miami's an underdog. Miami's an underdog. So I do think that San Diego State is a team. If if there's one team in this tournament that I think can give UConn the most trouble that's left, San Diego State. I agree. I mean, we've seen UConn. If there's one team left, what now? That can give UConn trouble. The most trouble is because they can stop what UConn wants to do. If you can stop UConn from running their stuff, and you can keep Adama Sonogo from being effective inside, and you can get physical with them, that's how you beat them. Miami could give them a hard time, I think, too. Well, I like, think like, Miami will. I've, I've, I'm on the record for saying that. Yeah, I, I, you already I, called the only, win. the only team where I think there's a, contra- there's a really difficult matchup for San Diego State, I believe it's Miami because I believe it's pace. I just believe Miami's going to keep it at a pace that's really, really high, and I don't know if that's not the way San Diego State wants to play. I, I mean, obviously they're capable of it, but defensively they want to hold you in the 50s or 60s. I don't think you're going to hold Miami in the 50s or 60s. No, there's a lot to be said there. I, I want to go back and talk a little bit about San Diego State and what Bradley was talking about, how they would get in fights in practice. That's That says a lot about the they how they approach every day. That's yeah. what I'm saying, T.O. Like, that's how they approach every day. But here's an even, even bigger part of that. If you're able to do that and still be a team later, that means everybody's on the same page. That means there's a certain standard in practice. And – they can, they can go into practice knowing, like, hey, this practice is going to be a war, but after practice is over, we'll be able to wash it. Not many teams can do that. Not many teams can do that. And Nathan Mensa said in the press conference, he goes, my first San Diego State practice, we walked in. They go, be there at noon. He goes, so I'm there at 11.45. He goes, coach walks in at noon. It's just us, the freshmen. They did, thir- they did 30 minutes of defense, hardcore. He goes, my behind is in a stance for a half hour in the press room. He's saying this. He goes, then we get done with the 30 minutes. The rest of the team goes, and they go, we're going to do 90 more de- minutes of defense right now. He goes, I thought, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> that name was on that paper at that point. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> the ink was dry. The ink was dry. You're not going anywhere. I, I think those are the worst those practices. Those two teams, all you hear oh. about when FAU and San Diego State is them being connected. Yeah, and I, and I'm not even talking about within the program. 
I, I even talked to the Kansas State staff, and I was like, honestly, what's the what's the DNA? Like, what's what's the scouting report? He's like, it's not an X and O thing with FAU. He said they're just connected. He said there's you don't rattle them. They're just connected. They're so selfless. They just battle tested. And he just said, that's the thing about it. It's not a schematic thing that concerns you the most. He said they just so, like, when a guy tags in, one guy comes in behind him, it's like, hey, they're just continuing the same thing. And that's what you hear with San Diego State. It's just more defensive-minded, but you just hear them being a connected group. Yeah, the, the thing about Florida Atlantic that I think is going to give San Diego State trouble, and we talked about this earlier, T.O., you need to be able to have a team that can make shots in one-on-one -on -one situations. You need to have a team that can beat individual defenders one-on-one -on -one and win a matchup. Now, I think Florida Atlantic has that. My question is, do they have it good enough to be able to beat San Diego State? Like, San Diego State's got dudes. They're old. They're tough. They're physical. Adam Seiko's out here. That man should be a linebacker somewhere. He's, right? Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's playing the wrong he's sport. He's 24 years old. Yeah. That's another huge thing. A bunch massive. of old dudes. I mean, 24 years old in college basketball. Six years. Yeah. That's, it's, it's too much. Guys, it's too much. Get those guys out of there and, like, let's get back to college guys playing ball. But, like, that's, the that's a huge in the game. thing. Oh, it's a huge Wait, advantage. Tell me a story. You just said those practices are the worst. Oh, you got to tell me about your first week of college practices, what you were thinking. First of all, my first thought was, man, these dudes are big, and I'm going to have to cut off Sam Perry, who's 6'6", 220 pounds. <laughs> and, like, it's not easy because every cut hurts. And it's a big adjustment. I those defense-only practices, though, are awful. I, I I was in the G League, and we practiced one time. It was an hour and 15 minutes, only by, only shell drill. That's all it was, shell drill. And my back started hurting real quick. That's all I'm saying. How about you? Derek McQueen First practices. from South Carolina um, was a junior my freshman year. And, like, people don't realize, I didn't start as a freshman. And he, quite honestly, just kicked my ass. Did you think you would? Walking yes. in? I thought I was, man, I was good enough. I played starter minutes and I played. I did, yeah. But people always assume that, hey, you know, because of my, my statistical numbers that I started and I didn't. And did I think he was better than I was? No. But I physically knew he was better than me physically and he kicked my butt. And I got strawberries on my hips to this day <laughs> as a reminder of how physical it was and how physical he was. Hey, coming up on the show, we've got Chris Caputo, the head coach of the George Washington Colonials, coming off a very solid year one where the program made strides. But here's the thing. Chris is also down here for his guy, Jim Laranega. He's a Laranega guy, was with him at George Mason in 2005, was there for several years, and then went with Laranega to Miami, now the head coach at GW. So he's coming up in a few moments. And i got to tell you guys, this will not surprise either of you. It won't surprise you. Out of all the press conferences that we watched today in Houston, Laranega went 40 minutes telling stories. He said to us, he goes, why would I retire? He goes, I love this. He goes, what I love about it, and I, I want to get your thought on this, he goes, I don't give a damn about anything that happens with John Ruiz or the NIL. doesn't mean John doesn't mean something to him. More about, he's like, I let that speak for itself. I, I don't get involved with that. I tell my guys, I'll see you at 3 o'clock, and I'm going to coach you for two hours. He said, I never want to give that up. And he's doing it in Coral Gables. 
And he's doing it at a program where he's having success. He can win games. I don't think they're ever going to fire him at this point. Like, right? No, they can't. They, no, they've gone through his, they've, well, he's won ACC titles. He's their greatest he's coach He's gone through the worst of it. He's, and now he's back and he's Leonard gotten Hamilton to the final four. Like, he's got the good life. He's Hamilton got the dream job. It's a place where how much recruiting does he really have to do if you got an NIL guy there? Let's just call it what it is. I right? think he'll be, in, it's fair to say, and I truly believe that had it not been for the FBI investigation, Oh, this would have been a consistent even, thing. It, it wouldn't yes. be the first Final Four yes. he'd been we're in. Gonna, we're going to talk to Chris about that because it's really interesting what they went through. Well, maybe interesting is not the word, but I don't think people realize how much that program went through because of what they were linked to. I, I believe they suffered the most of all the programs yeah. that were listed in the investigation. Really? I believe they struggled the most. How about this one? So today, Larenega also revealed, he goes, you know all the Isaiah Wong drama that you all were talking about? He's looking at us. He goes, Wong, I called Wong right after that broke on Twitter. I go, hey, what gives? He goes, Coach, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> he was just trying to get more money. He was looking at us? We he talking, was looking at you guys? Yeah. It was a negotiation well, tactic. He goes, Coach, I wasn't going anywhere. And Larry <laughs> goes, all right, Isaiah. <laughs> just making sure. How about that first story? That is unbelievable. You know what that is? You know what that is? Today. That's leverage. Yes. yes. You always have leverage. And then and, Jim Laranaga said. And we're talking like if you had to pick a location, like working in South Beach is a tough gig every day. Like, why is he stressed? Oh, well, that's what he said. He said, you know what? I go out every day. I have a smoothie. And I look around at Miami's beautiful campus. Yeah. That's what he said in his press conference. He also said on his way through that beautiful campus, he goes past the swim team. <laughs> he said that. Well, not me. He said he that, not me. He did say that. He is. He is college basketball's grandfather. He's incredible. He oh. I love him as a guy. Incredibly personable. And the thing is, is he's done it at a high level for a long time. And to go along with what RC said, like, guys, this is a Miami program that without that investigation, you said it's not their first Final Four. I, I would agree with that. I, I mean, they were he, rolling. He's so likable. That, that program's really rolling if there's not something going on there. And it, it to be honest with you, I'm curious if, Coach Caputo, Chris Caputo, is coming on with us in a second. I wonder if he would have been a, a head coach sooner. And, yeah. and, I, and I believe he would have been. Yeah, we're going to get it that not been. That's not, that's not a I believe he would have. That is, it he would have been. It yeah. would have happened. So I agree with RC. Like, this is, they were fine whenever they were under investigation, but now they're back to being what they potentially could be whenever Laranega mm -hmm. came the first time. Great segue. We're going to get to Chris Caputo here. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're here on the field of 68. We got a full nearly two hours of content coming your way, folks. Just getting started from the Bayou Music Center. We're presented by Bet Rivers Underdog Fantasy. Now a word from our sponsors, Chris Caputo, right after this to talk hurricanes and more. Today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is presented by our partners over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's Final Four games and pick them all you do is pick whether a player will go higher or lower on underdogs projected totals whether it's points or rebounds or assists or all of them combined if you're like me and you think Adama Sanogo is going to go nuts this weekend pick higher on his points projection pick higher on his rebounds projection maybe throw in a lower on Matt Bradley's scoring totals a higher on Isaiah Wong whatever it is that you like put them all together and if you hit them all then you can win as much as 20 times your money on a single 
game. Underdog's slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured out how to use it. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. 68 from the final four. We're live from the Bayou Music Center. I'm John Fanta. He is Rob Doster. He's Randolph Childress. We are pleased to be joined by the head coach, the George Washington Colonials, coming off of a very solid year one at the helm, and over 500 performance in the Atlantic 10, 10 wins in the A-10. It's Chris Caputo hey, who is with us. Chris, before we talk about your man, Jim Laranega, <laughs> we'll get to that. Give us a, a recap of year one at George Washington. It, it was fun to see the energy of the program, the yeah. fan base, everything following on social media. What did you make of your first year at the helm? Yeah, I thought we had a, a took a lot of good steps forward. Um, you know, had a winning record in the league, first time since 17, most wins since 17. Uh, guys had some individual accolades. We had the uh, first-team All-League player in James Bishop, most improved player in Brendan Adams, and then Rookie of the Year in Max Edwards. So, you know, guys had some success, and then, you know, had some good environments, like you said. We played South Carolina in the non-conference, had a great crowd, had a great win there, you know, beat Dayton at home. Had a couple overtime wins that were uh, exciting. Um, so, yeah, good step forward for us in, uh, in his hometown. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chris, one of the things that we were talking about was, um, was how long it took you to get that head coaching job. We, and me and you have had this conversation yeah. before, but you were on lists in, like, 2016, 2017, yeah. the next great assistant coach, the next <laughs> guy to be on the big job. And yeah. you guys, obviously what happened with the FBI kind of um, – put it into a run, it made it take a little bit longer. Are you happy with where you're at? Because for my yeah. end, that's a perfect job for you. Jim. Yeah, it was a great job. I loved my time in Miami, 11 years, but before that, nine years at George Mason. So I love the D.C. area. Obviously, the basketball culture there is incredible. And, um, you know, to, to be able to coach college basketball at a place that cares about college basketball, that cares about high school basketball, great place to live. You know, I couldn't be luckier. I found, you know, the right place for me. Now, for a first-time head coach, yeah. and, and, and this culture and everything that's going on <laughs> with the retention of your players and everything else, what's your philosophy as far as that, as far as moving George GW more forward? Yeah, I mean, we were doing the portal before there was a portal at Miami. You know, <laughs> we had, you know, uh, a lot of success with transfers, so I'm comfortable with those guys. Obviously, the difference is you don't get to sit them out. Right. We felt like if we could sit guys out, they'd get older, obviously, but also you know, you could really work with them and you could move them forward as players and then you'd get like that much better, you know, the following year when they became eligible. I think anybody has to both make it work for you, but also you have to have some stability in your program. I, I don't know that you can have a, like a new 13 guys every year, yeah. but I think like what Miami's done in, in a sense where, yeah, there's transfer success there from guys like Pack and Omer, but then a, a number of uh, guys who have been in the program for a few years, so there is some level of continuity. It's hard, though. I don't think anybody's got, like, a great answer. Yeah, right I don't know if yeah. figured it out yet. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this, Chris. So when you were with Jim Laranega at George Mason, you kind of did what Florida Atlantic has done. They yeah. Were, they were, you were an 11 seed, they were a 9 seed, so it's not quite the same, but you came from a mid-major league, and you made the run to the Final Four. What, what's it like for them right now? They're on a stage that they've never been on before. They're getting more attention than they got all season long. Like, what, what is that team going through in this moment? You lived it. 
Well, I, I think it's really a whirlwind, you know, a ma magic carpet ride, as they say. I mean, you, the amount of media you get uh, if you're a, a Florida Atlantic or a George Mason at that time and you make the NCAA tournament is a big deal. The amount of media you get then to be in the second weekend is tremendous. And then if you make the Final Four, it, it can be overwhelming. I think it probably, you're also battling this like, hey, some of this is that our job is to illuminate the university, you know, in, in this situation, because everybody knows the University of Miami. You know, everybody knows UConn. Uh, everybody knows Kansas last year, right? But not as many people know Florida Atlantic, so I'm sure Dusty's trying to balance some of the stuff he's doing with the idea that, I, you know, my job in a lot of ways is to market this university uh, on a stage where the, the you couldn't pay for this. There's no, there's no amount of money that yes. could pay for this marketing that they're getting. So, Chris, Chris Caputo, the head coach, George Washington, our guest, and he spent 17 years with Jim Laranega. And today, Jim was asked, Coach, what are the parallels? What are the differences from 06 with George Mason to, to right now at Miami? And he goes, he just looks at everybody, puts his hands up, he goes, I mean, I'm the same guy. I have my smoothie in the morning and I walk around. <laughs> he goes, you know what? And then he thought about it. You can reflect on this. He goes, I'm probably a little bit more patient than I was 17 years ago. Yeah, I would say that's that's probably true. I, I, I heard from some Bowling Green people this week that said he was not as calm on the sideline in 1987 at Bowling Green as he is now. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the guy's gotten a lot of reps at this. Um, he's very, very uh, secure in, like, who he is and what he wants, and um, he's got a great way about him with the players. And I do think he's really um, learned to – and he's done this a long time, so it's not new now, but it probably was new in the 90s or early 2000s where you, you, he's kind of learned to train and trust, as he says. You know, you kind of work really hard. He coaches those guys every day in every way, but then when we play, you know, just kind of getting them to play with a free mind and not, you know, over-coaching them per se in a game, yeah. you know. Give me a story from that run. Give me something that – that you remember that, that Coach L did, you remember from one of the teammates, it just really stood out to you? Um, I mean, I uh, from the run, you know, I, I would just say, uh, trying to think about, he, he, he did a great job using some, some humor to, uh, you know, get I'm, the guys I'm motivated. Coach L was using yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's surprising me. Yeah. Never would have expected So, like, I, I think the one that people know about maybe in this, it's apropos because they're playing UConn. So uh, I remember being like waiting around after practice or before practice for the interviews that you do. And UConn's guys are getting interviewed. And Josh Boone didn't know what league uh, George Mason was in. And we were the George Mason Patriots. And somebody asked him, hey, do you know what league they're in? And he was like, yeah, I think they're in the Patriot League. And somebody, like one of the writers came like, sprinting sprinting out you know and was like they don't even know what league you're in and so um when we got ready to play and i, I can't remember i think it was before the game he said hey um you know they don't know what league we're in they they don't know that we're they think we're now in the caa but the caa is actually a secret group of society or something they're like i was like what and he was like yeah it's the connecticut Assassins Association. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Colonial Athletic Association. 
<laughs> Let me put go. this out there. I'm on record oh, that I, fa- I think Miami's going to win the game. All right, that's good. I hope so. I, I, you know, I love I so, love Danny and Luke and Kamani yeah, no, no, and Tommy Moore. Kamani's my guy. Yeah, those are my Danny, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that yeah. I think Miami – tell me why I'm right. Why do you believe I'll be I, right? I, um, I think, obviously, UConn's depth is, is so impressive. Um, but I wonder if the game gets close, your depth doesn't matter and your guard play matters, you know? Yes, yes. And, and, close game. And so, close game. You know, I, I would – I, you know, again, UConn's been so impressive because of the waves that they yes. can come at you in. And uh, it seems like, you know, whoever's in the game is a threat. And then not many people have a center like Sagona and then bring Klingon in. in. And, like, oh, sometimes yeah. you're like, wow. But I wonder if they can, if we can keep the game close. That now your depth goes out the window and now the guard play. That's been my scouting you know? report. And Miami, I mean, the way Jordan Miller's playing – He's playing like a guard. You realize what he made you do, right? What's he that? Just no. suckered you he, in. He, he just suckered you in. He made you Tell me, side, did he say anything that I didn't bet you guys You said. were fist pumping. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am. But you know what? Here's where, here's where I think you make some awesome points is Connecticut's won their four NCAA tournament games by a combined 90 points. Yeah, they've been and, awesome. And Danny said it today. He's like, look, because someone's like, well, coach, what went wrong? He's like, look when they lost six of eight in January. He's like, yeah, our defense was pathetic. Yeah, we stumbled. He goes, but that's life in the Big East. He goes, you got Marquette. You got Creighton. You got Xavier with Fremantle at the time. They played Xavier with Fremantle both times. He's like, that's part of life in the Big East. In other words, they went through a lot of close games, and that's where point guard play and guard play matters. And who's got the guard advantage in a close game late? Everybody would say Miami. You would think. Their guards yeah. are unbelievable. You're, yeah. you're making him look at him. He's like, I don't want to pick a side, man. I want to be friends I, with everybody. I'm <laughs> neutral. I, for the record, I think you guys are not neutral. Listen, I don't want to pick a side either. Yes, you Miami do. doesn't have depth. Yes, you do. Miami but doesn't have depth. It's because UConn fans want to wrestle you on a Ferris wheel. That's why. That's right, true. Wait, wait. I, I'm not making that up. I got UConn fans mad at me because I said that. But I did say, if it's a, I didn't believe that UConn would blow them out. I think UConn has a distinct advantage on the glass. But in a close game, I trust Miami guards. I think people take for granted because the ability of their guards to break you down and multiple guys, and not many people have that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And, when, and then I think that, and I said this to somebody, if you list me the top three guys that you can give the ball to and go make me a play, it sounds both like sides you're trying of the ball, to convince who them are right they? Now. 
They're trying to convince them right and now. And someone yeah. on this side they're of the room said trying to sell them. all three would be with the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, I'm not. I'm still going to UConn. Yeah, I, I, got, I got a question for Go you. Ahead. So we talked about it before you came on, that when the FBI investigation came out, Miami was linked to it falsely. Don't get me fired up on that. Where would this program be right now if that hadn't happened? Would, would Coach Leonega have a, have a title? Like, what would they be right now if you hadn't had that lull? Because, I mean, how big of an impact, I mean, was, how up, big of an impact was it? It just took time, you know, uh, uh, two years. And then in the third year, unfortunately, we had the most uh, injuries in the Power Five. Mm-hmm. You know, we beat Purdue in the challenge and then got, like, more injured after that. <laughs> uh, so I, I think what they've done this year – and. I think what we did last year and, you know, top four finish in the league and an Elite Eight, we just picked up where we left off. If you kind of take those years out, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, for 12 years, okay, take out three of them, 10 years, nine years, what have you, basically top four in the ACC, you know, two first-place finishes, a second-place finish, a third-place finish, a couple of four, you know. ACC championship. Yeah, two ACC. So. It's pretty incredible when you think about it at a place that, you know, maybe people didn't think that could happen. Yeah, and, and just to follow up on that, um, when, when, when Coach L makes it to the Final Four this year, right, when he's able to overcome everything that they went through, like, what does that mean to you to see him get here? Because, I mean, you know him as well as anybody coaching in basketball right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, he's probably somebody who has had uh, – Jobs that are maybe not as traditionally uh, known as basketball jobs, and yet has been as every good yeah. as every bit good as anybody who has, you know. And so for him to, you know, kind of get here and his vision for this and to get to the Final Four, uh, and then you start—that's kind of the linchpin. Then you look at you start looking backwards and say, "Wow, like it's pretty damn good," you know. And uh, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I think. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. No, he, he should, should be in the Naismith Hall of Fame. Be. There's he no, will be. There. He yeah. will absolutely be. no doubt in my mind. Right. Let yeah. me ask you about your team. What, sure. what should we expect next year? How, uh, you have scholarships available. You can go in a yeah. portal. You got Max Edwards, Breakout Storm. Like Lock what? It in, right? Yeah. Well, James Bishop's got a decision to make. You know, obviously, if he were to come back, I'd feel like him and Max, you know, having probably the preseason player of the year and the returning rookie of the year would be a good start. Um, I think everyone in our league uh, has has some talented players come back and then some turnover. And so much of it is now, when I first got into coaching 20 years ago, everything was about your November signing period. You know, like what yeah. what, what did that look like? That determined now, while I think we had a very good recruiting class in in, uh, in, in November, we, we made a trade. We traded Brendan Strong for uh, Trey Autry. We get... Mm-hmm. We get Trey Autry, they get they get Brendan Strong in that deal, uh, but but now so much of it is what happens between you know the St. Patrick's Day and and, and June first. Right. It's so hard, I think, to anybody. It's hard to predict, you know, where people will finish in leagues and things like that. It's, yes, it's incredible. But I, I would feel like, you know, if James decided to come back, that we'd have two of the, you know, more accomplished players in the league returning, which would be a good start for us. Give us the hour to hour, if not minute to minute right now, of you or one of your staff members and how many times they are hitting refresh on the portal. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody. You know, it's not just us. It's everybody. and It's um, very different times, you know, and, and, I, and I think it's uh, – I'm, I'm for player empowerment. Like, I think guys should get NIL. I think 
I think the one about being immediately eligible, quite honestly, it's interesting because I would, I don't mind that they can play right away. I, my concern will be a few years now to see what graduation looks like for those guys. That would how be you, my only thing because every time you transfer, you lose credits, right? Most I don't know a school you don't. But and yeah. I know if you're coming to GW or you're, you're going, going to Wake Forest, like you ain't getting every credit no. from wherever you're going. You better not come in after your junior year or you you won't graduate. I guess and the two part thing I have is how do you keep yourself sane because you get done with the season, <laughs> I'm sure your family's thinking, all right, we're done with basketball season now. Maybe we got some some no. more nights today to. No, how do you yeah. keep yourself sane? Uh, or is your wife just happy when you're out of the house? No, I, I, I think, <laughs> I think you got to find. See. I think you you got to find ways to understand that this has become a real marathon and not a sprint, you know. And that you better figure out how to keep yourself like in decent mood, in decent shape, eating fairly well, you know, trying to exercise and trying to break away a little bit here and there, you know. I, I went to Springsteen Monday and I. Was checking the portal a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> you were checking the portal. Is born to run. Born to run is playing. Yeah. Everyone's, run, everyone's running away from their schools. That's yeah, <laughs> born to run, and we're check. We're refreshing the portal. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of Springsteen songs that work for the portal. Tenth <laughs> Avenue Freeze Out, Glory Road. Man, I I don't envy your job right now. I mean, I envy, yeah. uh, and I say that because you get to develop young men. But you probably, am I wrong for saying this? You you must like December 1st when you know what your week's going to look like with your team than right now. Yeah, I think there's a rhythm to the season that we just don't have in the offseason. And I, I think we're the only sport that, like, because yes. football's got a rhythm, yeah. right? Uh, the NBA's got a rhythm. When I tell friends of mine that coach in the NBA some of the stuff we're doing, they're like, that's why I don't know why guys, I think that's why guys that come down struggle. Because the, it, it, it's so important for those guys to surround themselves with people that understand right. and them willing to listen to that change or oh, it be difficult. All right, my last one. Oh, I, all I'm thinking Where's of, this going? I, yeah, yeah. I, the DMV in the last year, you've come on to GW and everybody's flocked. Kevin Willard's at Maryland. Now Ed Cooley's at Georgetown. Life in the DMV in college I got, basketball. My guy Tony Skeen just got my, my guy Mason. Tony Skeen just got Tony, George Mason. I, 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 you're getting old when you've coached yeah. a guy that not, so you know, now you're in your league. Yeah, yeah. yeah Life in the DMV right now is what? You know, I I think uh, as Randolph would tell you, like it's really incredible that the, the basketball community there is unlike anywhere else in the country. Uh, it's uh, it's special. Uh, the, the guys that are good players, I mean, the way they've been brought up yeah. from the time they were very little, the trainers, the strength Everything. coaches, the AU teams, their high school programs, it's it's really like there should be uh, – somebody should write a book. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, mostly all good guys, yeah. good good students. Um, it, it's 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 – you know, really great for me to be back. I was there 10 years. It was special. I'm happy. I'm hoping I'm here a long time again. Except the traffic. <laughs> when I moved to Miami, people were like, how are you going to deal with Miami traffic? I'm like, it ain't even close. Like, <laughs> now, it's gotten me. better. I will say COVID. COVID, you know, the government. Not yeah. everybody comes everybody in comes every in day. Yeah, it's got better. So <laughs> I, I live a lot closer um, 
to work than I did. Uh, well, I live close to D.C., but, yeah, the traffic is um, it's a different well, beast. That's head coach money, so that's why yeah, you exactly. do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chris Caputo, head coach of George Washington, the former Jim Laranaga assistant. Chris, congratulations on successfully your one. Best of luck in year two at Thanks, GW. Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. We'll be back with more. This is the Field of 68. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument? That your takes weren't hot, they were just right? Well, I have an answer to all of your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one in the room. Vaulted is also releasing a Final Four competition called their Last Four Pool. What amounts to a hot take challenge, it has a $5,000 prize pool. Who doesn't like free money? I like free money. So if you like free money like me, then go and download the Vaulted app at the link below. Sign up for your free three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever. Sting. Oh, man. We totally shifted the cast in the last oh, minute. Man. You upgraded. You oh, upgraded. we upgraded significantly. Totally. Greg Waddell is here. Hello. Randolph Childress is here. Jim Rude is here. And hey, that, that was a little too much excitement for there. What was going on here? <laughs> I was like, Greg's here. Jim Rude is here. What's hey. that about? Greg Waddell is here. It's out appropriately, Greg. That's okay, okay. what it was. Carter Elliott's here okay. in a shirt that he got from Kate Spade. Um, I'm John Fanta. Welcome back. Feel the 68. We are live from a nightclub that, frankly... Below 40. I would never be in a, a, other circumstances. Oh, yeah, true. What are we? You would never no, come I here, I love the nightclub. I just, it's like uh, what Sean Miller told me when I was in Los Angeles, a fish out of water. What are we? I don't know, Fancy. You look like this. Look oh, like you your think kind I of, got nightclub life? I, I think this is your kind of spot here. 40 below. 40 below. We're at Bayou Music Club. <laughs> We're going to dance the night away. Uh, let's jump in. So I'm going to ask you this because we've, we've talked the last 24 hours. Your thought process with this Final Four, and do you think, do you think, coming into this weekend, that it's a foregone conclusion of who's going to win this thing? I'm not going to call it foregone, but I came into it thinking, this is UConn. Like, this is going to be UConn. They're, Man, they're an odds-on favorite to win. <laughs> There's an over 50% chance by every odds maker that they're going to win. Jim. They're 15 and 0 against non-conference competition. Not Jim. a single team outside the Big okay, East. Okay, Miami's 14 and 2 year. against non-conference competition. How many losses is that? That's two more than UConn. They're, and they're, okay, this is not a betting show, but they're 15 and 0 against. You the know spread. when they got a 50 percent chance? They have blown out everyone. We're presented if they by make Bet it Rivers. to Monday, then they got a 50 percent chance. Right now, they got a. It's less than on Monday. No, no. Yeah, 75 and not 90. You're going to win or you're going to lose Monday. But don't Mark, give me Mark that Mark, you said that after Gonzaga played UConn. He's like, if you have 48 hours to prepare for UConn, like, good luck. There's just too much to do that you have to figure out your post-up coverage, your pick-and-roll coverage, all the off-ball shooting stuff that Hawkins does. Like, there's just too much in 48 hours. So here's my no, issue not. with UConn. Here's my issue with UConn. Team is great. Yeah. But... Close game. We, we are viewing them as a gauntlet of a team, a Agreed. juggernaut of a team, relative to the other three teams that are remaining. I disagree with that. I think we're viewing them based on what they've done in the tournament, which is what you alluded to last night. But here's my pushback on that. I'll let Fanta repeat what they're, I said last night. They're down until St. Mary's starting shooting guard gets hurt. I know. 
They're down to but Iona but, with a minute. Listen, this but in the second half, they've outscored teams 174 to 107. I, I only stated, and I'm not, again, I am pro-UConn. Like, I, I think they're a hell of a team. Like, you don't get this far without being a hell of a team. I just think there's sometimes it's about matchups. And I said, and I believe this, that Miami's road to the Final Four was equally, if not more, impressive than UConn's. Yeah, I agree with that. I buy their, that. Their path was harder. Well, I totally, because Miami, I, I have to say this, in the time that I've watched this sport closely, I have never seen a team be down 13 points in a game that was playing a game more to their style than Miami was playing against Texas. Like, never did those kids waver. Never did they get overwhelmed. Whereas Gonzaga and Arkansas, they go down 15 to UConn. It's like, good night. I thought Miami's demeanor in that game. And then, like, even though Texas was winning, Texas was making an amount of shots that they normally, not in the amount that they were making, Eventually, it was going to break, and when it did, it broke. And there's a lot of belief on that Miami sideline. You guys have talked about it all week, about what Grandpa does. He loosens them up on the sideline, no matter how many they're down, no matter how close it is late. He knows how to just kind of get it out of them and, and make them play the way they're saying. But, Greg, you made the point about how UConn has struggled in first halves. Miami oh. has been an awesome second-half team all tournament. I think they've yeah. won by 7, 8, 13, and 12 in their four games in the second half. They've been fantastic. That's adjustments. That's also, I'm surprised they have that gear because they're not that deep. It's just kind of a mentality. They're not that deep. I just think the consensus, like, media thing to do here, and, like, we're look, we're hosting a live show. We're sitting here in comfortable recliners, lovely at 40 below with drinks. It's It's lovely here. It's awesome. 40 below is awesome. But, like, we're going to put our media hats on, right? And the media hat thing to do is, like, oh, UConn is unstoppable right now. No. Does Rick Pitino think they're unstoppable right now? No. Like, they were in that game. They're really, 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 really good. Yeah. So are the other three teams. But every team here is really, really, really good. Really good. Really, really, really good. The last well. team that ran through their region was 2021 Gonzaga, and obviously they ran into Baylor. But there's my, no but my Baylor point to you in was this again, Final I can, Tell me I'm wrong when I say this. And again, completely objective in both of both teams. Was had the tougher road to get here. UConn or Miami. I, I think it's UConn just on opponent, but I would say Miami's been equally impressive you lost your mind. through their road. <laughs> you have lost your mind. How? You believe that, my, that UConn's road's been easier than, than harder than Miami's? Yeah. Well, let's let's break it down here. So Miami beat Texas. They beat uh, who they beat in the Sweet 16? Uh, Houston. 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 The number one seed. Oh, come on, Jim. <laughs> Jim, you're wrong, Jim. Oh, <laughs> Jim, they played Houston. Are you kidding me? They smoked Houston. They smoked Arkansas and Gonzaga is an easier road than Houston and Texas. I, I, I think. Well, are we only talking from that second round on? I'm talking about the entire tournament. Jim, your ass is grass. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think. What if you did? I don't want to throw analytics out here too much, but if you did like total Ken Palm ranking, total Ken Palm ranking would be lower on UConn's route. I think. Analytic I have is one, one sure pull off by Eric Musselman. That's Enough. It. There's no way that you could say that the road that Connecticut had was was harder than the road that Miami had. And good for them. I'm I'm not knocking them at all. I, I just the teams they played were good. I don't believe that they're going to be so dominant that they're going to be double digit 15, 20 point wins. To that's the fair. In a that's close game. In a, and in a close yeah. game. Who do you trust more? That's where I'm wondering, all right, 
Who are you going to give the ball to? In a close game, I trust Miami more. I, I do. Well, the coaching in the guards. That's, that's the coaching the in the guards. That's it. Maybe to RC's point, Miami has been, what, a pick'em or an underdog in every game this tournament, whereas UConn has been they, a happy favorite. Even the first favorite. round. Yeah. Even in the first round. Yeah, Drake, they were an upset. So, we're talking wow. analytics, right? We're, now we're throwing the A word go, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A scary word. Word. It's a scary yeah. I knew. Yeah. I knew this would backfire. And Fanta, Fanta, you said you, the analytic that matters to you. I have one analytic that matters to me, boys. All right. All right, what is it? Who do I want on my side when I get in a fight? Miami's the answer. I want Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack and Norchad O'Meer on and my don't side. Don't forget Jordan Miller. And Jordan Miller. Yeah, Jordan. Like, if this turns to a street fight of a basketball game, I want Miami's dudes. And not to throw a dagger at someone, a complete cheap shot, but I'm going to hey. do it. A team Miami beat to get here is the proverbial opposite of that. Trace Jackson Davis, his whole career, has been the guy I want to go against in a fight. Okay. I'm not afraid of that dude in a big moment. Hey. Miami with now, the bright lights are on. Adama Sonogo, I, don't wanna, I wouldn't want to see him in the street I, fight. I think UConn's more <laughs> physical. If you're talking street UConn fight. UConn is more physical. If you're talking street fight. But you're saying Miami? Physical. But that's a bummer. I'm saying Miami. I'm that, saying, like, if if this is a taught let, because let's say this, like, game context put into this. Who poo his decision? UConn's, UConn's a favorite, right? UConn's a favorite. Let's say Miami <laughs> does the thing where they're down 10, and all of a sudden they're not they're with four minutes yeah. left. Yeah. Like, the, the momentum of the game, the swing of the game, the avalanche of Miami doing the comeback Miami thing is the most terrifying thing left in the Final Four to me. Hey, I'll say this. The only reason why I, I say that, one, we both we all agree, close game favors Miami. Uh -huh. You know what you're getting defensively. They're going to hard hedge ball screens. And I thought, I think moving the ball and being able to attack closeouts, I think no one is better than that than Miami. I, I can't disagree with that. Like they, and they have many different guys that can do it. And that's the matchup problem. Because most teams have maybe their point guard that's really good off ball screens. Maybe they're two. They can attack you with any four of those guys. And the other thing is, Norchad O'Meara's ability to put the ball on the floor and drive you from the perimeter is... is well, let me ask you this on the on the path, because we, we yelled at me about the path, whether Jim is right or not. About <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yell at you again. Go ahead. But if UConn doesn't win every game by 20, do we think that the path is harder? Like, oh, they had to win a buzzer no. beater no, against no, no, no. They no. Are you sure? Are you sure that that doesn't twist? No. no. I'm only stating the teams. I'm not knocking them for it. You're here. Listen, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could play. Well, I wouldn't say that now. But give me a 15, 16 seed for four rounds if I could. Long as you get here, you're here. It doesn't yes, matter. I you agree. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. I'm not knocking them for it. You play who you. But play. you are saying Miami's is harder, which but I think I'm you're just right. I'm saying that we look at the record, and I that team has played, like you said, Drake, Indiana, Houston, and Texas. Well, my honest opinion, I think you would have. We would be talking about the path a little differently. Real talk, if it had been UCLA in the regional final, you, not Gonzaga. Let's be honest. You had people. Gonzaga didn't you have had enough. some people voting. Indiana can make it to the final four. Texas. Crazy people. Crazy. True, people. true, but yeah. some. But people. But they were, let me say this. Oh. From, from a guy who's followed the Big Ten. Yeah. Weren't they the team that people thought in the Big Ten that probably would go to Fox? In, in Michigan in, State. In theory, yes, because they had the guard that's and the front court. That's, yeah. that's, that's fair. I'm not saying they would But it's Trace Jackson Davis, RC. Uh, Michigan State. Texas and Houston. You had to have one of them two in there, right? I did. I picked Houston to win it all. I picked him in the preseason, so I do I do love Houston. All right, I'm going to transition. You just brought up, now you got my brain swirling. Get it going. This is a very smart panel here. They're all, they all have their brain. So my question is, let's just say, let's just say right now, okay, I named you Big Ten Commissioner, and you're going to be the Associate Commissioner. 
So you're going to be of the Big Ten. Okay. All right. Commissioner. I'm so sorry. We suck. <laughs> I'm already fired. Jim's ready to jump off a bridge right now. All right, wait. Commissioner Waddell. Commissioner Waddell. Yes. What is your first message to your basketball coaches over the phone? Can we please change some shit up? Honestly, because I went on this rant last week, Fanta. I don't think you've heard this. I don't know that anybody's heard this from me. I think one guy has ruined Big Ten basketball. Looking Stop back on the it. last 10 years. One guy. And it's not the guy you think I'm going to say. It's going to come out of nowhere here. Who? I think the man that has ruined oh, no. Big Ten basketball is Isaac Haas. Oh, come on. It's Isaac Haas. Are we really? No, because hear me out. Hear me out. Matt Painter. Matt Painter just fielded good basketball teams for years and years and years. And then he realized, oh, when I get a seven foot four dude, it's easy. No, hear me out. It's out Purdue Purdue. It's like an arms race for big guys. They're all trying to counter Purdue you think instead Tom of Izzo's doing that. I do. To an extent, I do. But he doesn't have front court this year. Well, that's because he's stubborn. Booty ball didn't do he still, it. He tried. He wanted Monty Sissoko. Right, Your associate, associate commissioner, commissioner has a message as well. Yeah, like what, what do we need to do to see one of these Big Ten teams make it? Get some guards. Get some guards. Did UConn bring in more guards in the portal than the entire Big Ten? No. UConn brought in four of them. Eh. What, how many did the Big Ten bring I mean, in? Jalen Pickett was a transfer guard. Tyson Walker but, but was a like transfer guard. Year. Jameer Young was a transfer guard. But this guard. year. I guess Young was this year. I mean, it's uh, that's like I'm exaggerating. Hyperbole for effect. But... There needs to be better guard play in the Big Ten. Sure. That's the problem. Sure. The Wait, problem let's do this right now. Let's do this. Next, your your commissioner tags, you're both fired. Yeah, you're both uh, fired. The next, the next three to five years, next three to five years, give me your top four leagues in the country that you bet on are the top four. Bet on in what way? Bet on to have like a national championship. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking top that, like I don't think the ACC is close to a top four league in the country right now, but having a national champion? Because, yeah, the depth is not there, <laughs> but the high-end ACC listen, stuff is. Like Miami's I, gonna I, keep I doing it. I have not had enough drink alcohol in me to listen to this right now. You guys are going to stop. All I say to you is this, and I've said this before. I think the ACC has been undivided. I'm not saying what it was, what it was when I played or other guys in recent years. I'm not. That's just. It's not as strong as it's been, but I do believe it's better than the narrative that's out there. It's better than the narrative, but if you look at the ACC's record, I'm sorry, I'm going to do quad stuff, but like first because quad they did one, win the ACC Big Ten Challenge, right? No, it's more than that. Like their record was the seventh best in the country versus like quad one, quad two. They had man, a ton of quad four losses. I don't want to hear about them analytics, matters, man. But that stuff matters. That's why you're. That's why you get <laughs> man, knocked on. Give me that analytics. Why you get crap? knocked come tournament times because you need to build. You know resumes. why? I, I say there is a place for analytics, but. As much as you make those arguments, you can flip the numbers at times to whatever you want them to be. But here, like, who they are the good teams games. this year? And the they segment has imploded. They didn't win like, big are you games in the non-conference. All right, wait a minute. You didn't select your four conferences, then we got a break. I thought they deserved to be in, but anyway. Big 12. Big, big 12, Big East, SEC. That's oh, my that's my top three. I'll go ACC. Oh, I dare you. I'll oh, say ACC fourth. I dare you to say I that. I mean, I'm not going Pac-12 or Big Ten. They haven't won since 2096, on, respectively. The fourth, the fourth, the fourth one's the Big Ten. The fourth one's the Big Ten. Oh, they haven't won since 2009. Stop. Purdue. You don't believe Purdue that. Purdue is still closer. Purdue listen to me. Listen to me. Right now, 
I can make the argument. You just right. said Purdue's number one in the country next year. You I said it to me two argument. hours ago. Who said that? Before Mark Mitchell said he's coming back. Oh. <laughs> I can make that okay, so they're number two. So they're number two. I can make that. No, he moved him back Armando, to like 12. Armando Baker yeah. came back. Yeah, they bumped oh. to like three. Purdue's yeah, like dropping they, yeah. three. Duke and like Carolina are one and two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Duke and Carolina are one yeah. and two. Okay. All right, we got a break. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. We're at 40 below. We're at Bayou Music Center. This is the Field of 68. Now a word from our sponsors. You know what the best part about the God. end of the college basketball season is? That signifies the start of spring, the start of summer, the start of hot weather, the start of late nights, the start of weekends on the water, and the best way to stay refreshed during the summer months is with Hornitos Ranch Water, a premium sparkling cocktail with a balance of freshly squeezed lime paired with smooth tequila notes. Hornitos Tequila is a 100% agave premium tequila from the lowlands of Jalisco. It's specifically from the town of Tequila. Originating from one of the most historic distilleries, Hornitos paved the way for all future tequila brands, starting with the tequila name. An official partner of the Houston Astros, you can buy Hornitas Ranch Water in a can, or you can come to Houston's best sports bar, Little Woodrow's in Edo, and get a fresh, handmade cocktail with Hornitas Tequila. There's nothing better on a warm spring day than Hornitas Ranch Water and a Houston Astros baseball game. Welcome back to the Field of 68 from the Final Four in Houston. We are live from 40 Below at the Bayou Music Center. I'm John Fanta. He's Greg Waddell. Coach McCall, Matt McCall, is with us tonight, and we've got Terrence Oglesby. All right, fellas, we broke down Miami-UConn. I want to get to the nitty-gritty of FAU and San Diego State. Please. You brought the right guy in. Let's go. Please. Coach McCall. Please, everyone's already anointing the national champion. From the Miami-UConn game. Everyone's anointing the national champion. Let's why? talk FAU-San Diego State. Number one, why is FAU here? And number two, why can't they win Saturday against the Aztecs? Because of their culture. Because of their unselfishness. Because of the, celebrate, the, the way those guys celebrate each other's success. I've talked about it all year. I think they have an unbelievable staff. Their players exact culmination of what their staff is. Their staff is connected, their staff is together, and that's how those players play. They're also really talented. I think a big key in this game is Vlad Golden. I've been saying it all week. They've got to find a way to get him the ball early in this basketball game, dump it inside to him. But man, they've got balance, they're deep, they're top 50 in both defense and offense. You know, they're one of the best teams in this country. I think Golden's the key to the whole thing. Black Golden? Black Golden's the key to the whole thing. He's got he's to play his role as well as he's done all tournament long. And he's not intimidated by this side. There's some of these other guys. Uh-oh, we got Cowboy Hat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Holy cow. Want some Hawaiian rolls. It was the King Hawaiian dunk contest. Who, who won the dunk contest? I don't know. Kamari Brown did from uh, Georgia Southern. How you guys doing? How's Ed Cooley doing? You talked to Ed Cooley lately? <laughs> I came down to Texas and I found nowhere to put the water. Nowhere to put the water. You know, I've used all of it in the last two hours calling that competition upstairs. How you guys doing? You guys ready for the final four? Excited. You come out guns a-blazing tonight. Well, You've I, got a cowboy hat. I reckon we're going to have a good time here. He's right? embracing Houston. He's embracing Houston. He's How embracing. 
doing great. You look great, man. Thanks, man. You look Appreciate great. it. Hey, Last you know time what? I saw you in person, SoCon Championship. The SoCon Championship and in 2016, and we won. And then you were gone. And then I was gone. <laughs> and then you were gone. <laughs> you there for two years. Which is it was a quick stay. You were there for two years. Two years. Right? Yep. Two years. Did a great job. You know what? The SoCon tournament, one of the great tournaments. You know, the, and Asheville, North Carolina. That, that, that Asheville venue is pretty cool. It is. It it's a awesome. great place to do tournaments. So much of Champ Week is great. You know, the venues are so important. Yep. Um, you know, being here at the Final Four, it's always a great closure, right, to the season. We all love, we all love the sport. Yeah. And coming out of COVID, there was so much disconnect where we didn't get to spend we time with each other, just have a great time. How much fun is it to be back here? New Orleans was great last year, obviously. This year, completely different feel to the Final Four, in large part because of the teams that we have. I mean, look at Childress is here. Everybody's here. RC. We brought the whole roster, baby. We're here, baby. We're here. It's so good that Goodman's not here. You know, I mean, it makes it so much better. Jeff is off tonight. If Jeff was here, what is he taking a nap? Like, what is he taking a nap? Yeah, he had a judge, so he's going to bed night, night time. How Has he ever? How awful, his, awful. When did he ever dunk? That's, That's what his I said. I asked, I asked the question. He, Has he ever made a layup? Probably not. The no, only no. thing he's dunked is a munchkin. Yeah, That's that, it. That could be true. Do you know what I said in about New England? Hummel? I said, uh, and I, we're doing the announcement. I'm doing everybody all serious. I get to Hummel and I go, I go, ladies and gentlemen, one of the great all-time dunkers in Purdue history. <laughs> it's the big dog, and it's Robbie Hummel. Yeah. I don't think people are buying it. Do you think they're buying it? That's a tough uh, one. No. That's a he tough. did have a tip dunk once. I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> I, I did see it. it on YouTube. Hey, and he'll, he'll share that video real oh, quick. Sure. Since, yeah. since we have you right here right now, as you were, you, by the way, he was in a full-on squat for about three minutes. I give him a lot of credit because we don't have a chair here. Um, what's your message to America about this Final Four? You know, I, I think in a season where we, we, we've said it all year long, right, there wasn't that elite great team. There was a lot of good teams. Yeah. But there wasn't great teams. You know, when I, when I looked at the bracket, I only had one number one seed getting to the Final Four. I thought it was going to be Alabama. Um, but, you know, injuries were a big part of this this run through the tournament, too. I, I think Mick Cronin and UCLA, not just because I went there, but yeah, I think if tough. that team's healthy, if they have Clark and Bona, they're probably here. You know, I think if Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd were healthy 100%, maybe they're here. But it, it's hard to look at this field and not say that these are four teams that have a clear identity of who they are, they play to that identity on a consistent basis. That's what makes Florida Atlantic so well. They right. move so well without the ball. Their floor spacing is really good. they got to value the basketball, though, because if they turn it over 20 times, That's like tough. they did in the Elite Eight against San Diego State, they're going to lose by 20 because yeah. San Diego State has an identity of who they are. Right. And it's been a consistent identity since the Fisher era, now to Dutch. Uh, and I know it means a lot, obviously, to be here. Coach Fisher here as well. Uh, and what that means for this program. 50 alumni are coming into town for this thing. Uh, they're big, they're strong, they're old. Yeah. You know, that's you the at, big one. The old, they're old. 24 yeah. and 25. You look at you look at Miami. How great is the story for Jim Laranega? I mean, he's old too. And and, and he said I, I had them back in November. He still dancing. He is he's old. old. He's still dancing. I, I had him in November at the uh, Mohegan Sun event. You were there with me. And you know, you look at him. He said, you say, hey, small ball, and then they go to smaller ball. And Norchad O'Meara. How about coming in from Arkansas State, knowing exactly who he is, what yeah. he has to do, just rebound the ball, man, and that's, that's all he's done. The, the point that I took away from today's media availabilities at, at NRG Stadium was this. Like, as I you, love the Hawaiian rolls, by the way. The uh, this is a Christmas that's staple. Great. That is awesome. This is a Christmas staple at the Fanta household, awesome. which probably explains a lot about other things. But um, let's talking about th these teams, like Brian Dutcher said it, he goes, look, he goes, not for nothing. We are 107 and 22 in the last four seasons. Yep. We're the fifth 
winningest program since 2009. Like, he didn't get out of bed and eat something different for breakfast. Now it's just the breakthrough that's happened. Well, and that's the thing. Like, people always talk about it, and like, we act like they're a mid-major program. Has anybody ever been to the Bayhaus Arena? Yeah. Have you ever seen the show? Yeah. The show is one of the best student sections in the country. I was there when Lorenzo Wade had a dunk back in the day with Tom Hart on the call on CSTV. That's how long, that's how long ago it was. And three dudes took off their shirt and started running up and down the stairs. And I'm yelling, they took off their shirt. They're running up and down the stairs, Tommy. And it just, you know, it's been a special program for a long period of time. I was there on the call when they really had their first national breakthrough. And that was winning in the tip-off marathon against Gonzaga in Spokane. Billy White. Kawhi Leonard. Billy White had over 30 that night, but it was the first time the nation really got to see Kawhi Leonard and how special he was. Unbelievable to see that group in this program get there. Yeah. You've done a lot of Pac-12. Obviously, you associate a lot with the Mountain West. How big is it for that conference to have a team get to the well, final four? Gloria Navarez, the, the first-time commissioner, just left the WCC. She is letting everybody know she took over the conference, and they have a right. Final Four team. Right. You know, she wanted four teams in the field. They had four teams in the field. You know, I think that's the other thing that we should look at here is conference affiliation and conference success. What's yep. CUUSA right now, 17-1 and one in the postseason? And they swept the other two. You know, they got, they got, they're playing for the championship right now in the NIT. NIT. Right. You know, I mean, college basketball, because of the transfer portal. The extra year. Because of the extra year, it has been spread out a little bit more. And that doesn't mean that the talent on these teams is that much better than other programs and there weren't more talented teams that could be here. But the consistency and the belief in these programs, and as I mentioned, the identity and the clear understanding, you know as a coach, when your team buys into everything that you say and that relationship and that trust is there, you can, do, you can make some magic. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Farnham. There he is. Oh, no, we got to get his pick. Unbelievable. Pick? Oh, yeah, who do you like? Who's your pick? San Diego State and UConn. Uh, I think UConn's size is going to be too much for Miami. Uh, they gotta, they got to make sure they don't turn it over, obviously, because Miami is so good at forcing turnovers, led the ACC in points off of turnovers. Uh, but rebounding-wise and that toughness and that edge, I think Danny Hurley's team just got it. I think the smartest move an athletic department has made in the last 10 years is to say, you know what, the American's not working for us. Let's oh, go back to the Big East. Let's go, to let's go back to let's our geographical back to footprint. Basketball let's conference. identify that let's we are it. a basketball school, and let's say, go win. They hired the right coach, they made the right move, and they look phenomenal. What are you well, drinking tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm having some King Hawaii and probably some water because my voice sounds really hoarse right now after the last two Sounds hours. Yeah. Good luck with that. I really need the footage of the old suit game, hair game, shoe game at CSTV at San Diego State with Tom Hart. Brown suit, like suit suit, brown suit with stripes. It was full, so awful. Full brown suit. Awful. Tom, More people hired you. Tom Hart has the suit. They looked past the suit and they were like, Farnham will be okay. Let's just get him a stylist. Yeah, there you, you go. guys have a great rest Sean of your night. Thank you, Sean Farnham. We're going to take a break. We're going to be on Sirius XM after these messages. This is the Field of 68 from the Final Four. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 